1: going on
2: 14 hello everybody and welcome to 40 going on 14 i am mike i'm patrick i'm joel and i'm josh and i'm relatively
3: certain after watching the dark crystal that the main way that the skeksis demonstrated their superiority over the gelflings is by making their entire face move when they talked
2: (laughs) poor gelflings oh just like
0: patrick (laughs) well What? Your whole face moves when you talk, too. And when you play video games.
4: Yeah, I was going to say, it's more when I'm playing video (laughs) games than anything. (laughs) I can feel myself doing it when I'm sitting alone, you know, playing Xbox. (laughs) All by myself, I can feel my face going...
0: (laughs) (laughs) You jaw hinges.
4: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I make a lot of weird faces when I'm playing video games, gentlemen. <laughs> I make a lot of weird everybody... faces in general, really. It's... That's true. Uh, if that you important. like weird faces,
3: you might <laughs> like the shows on the Podcast Collective.
2: Oh, so do so tell. Jazz. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the best
0: one I've gotten in months.
3: Wait, but
4: so if they like faces, why are they listening to podcasts?
0: Because we got faces for radio?
4: Yeah, uh, all right. I'll, I'll yeah, t- you try a
3: podcast without a face. <laughs> the show's on the podcast collective such as i am i am salt lake tales from the hard side the empty rant podcast (laughs) the Portland Beer Club Podcast, and of course, the Rad Dad Radio Hour.
4: I got
0: a <laughs> pee. Is that, Jimmy our
4: new, no face. is that our new character, Jimmy No-Face?
1: Yep. <laughs> oh shit, I'm crying.
0: Oh, no, no, okay. <laughs> right down.
2: As you're looking for our older stuff, Oh shit! Oh, iTunes, <laughs> Podverse FM, Pod Chaser. Go on there. Leave us some reviews. We have new followers on Pod Chaser. So I've heard. <laughs> we have lost Pat.
1: <laughs> I'm not far behind. <laughs> I'm, not far behind. <laughs> oh, I'm
4: fine. I'll fix it in post. Don't worry. <laughs>
1: Aren't you really fine? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, He's so yeah. angry that he has no face.
4: <laughs> well, wouldn't you be? Oh, I, probably. I don't know.
3: It's, not, ex- one, it's
4: not acceptable. Maybe sure. you'll get one for Christmas. Oh, man. <laughs> Merry <laughs> Christmas, baby. <laughs> oh, Jesus
2: Christ. And if you're looking uh, to give us a call, let us know what's going on. Give us uh, ideas for podcasts. Give us give us some topics. We're remaking we everything nowadays. That we are true. like swimming in true. topics. Yeah. Give us a call That's seven zero eight now wrap at seven zero eight six six nine nine seven two seven. Call us. It rings Josh's phone actually. So you guys should do
3: that. It rings my browser. <laughs> so if I have my email open, occasionally I'll panic.
2: <laughs> there you go. It, ring- it rings his browser.
4: That is a sentence that would blow somebody's mind from the sixties, right there. Right. It rings my browser, so if I have my email open what?
0: Yeah. That Chuck, you gotta hear this. <laughs> this guy
3: took the brown acid. <laughs> <laughs> is it about that time? It's about that time.
4: Play the music.
2: I am playing the music. My computer <laughs> is really slow. <laughs> this week. <laughs> <laughs> music.
3: Movies
1: and TV. <laughs> and sports.
4: Oh, shit. Fuck it. Let's go. Oh, man. <laughs> Who needs music? I'm leaving this in, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> the week is December 17th, 1982. Wait. That was what? Not. It's gonna come off like halfway through the tweet, isn't it?
2: <laughs> the little circle is still spinning. <laughs> yeah. Uh going um, run with it. Music,
0: Joel, go. All right. <laughs> the number one song in the land was Maneater by Hollow Notes, which knocked off Mickey by Tony Bezel. Basil.
4: Basil. Oh, what? Eater.
2: Basil? Is that Basil.
4: what
2: you said? Basil, Basil Rathbone. Tony Basil. Basil? Basil. Oh. Basil. Spice. Ta-da.
4: Here it comes. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: The better of the two, I would go with Hall and Oates 100% of the time.
4: I don't know about this. The song, Maneater, I think is like their weakest song, personally.
3: What? I mean, I like both of those songs, but this is like the battle of the
0: middle of the barrel. (laughs) (laughs) So, Patrick, what is the (laughs) better better song? Yellow
4: dashed lines had a fight. Of those two songs, what is the better song? No, Hmm.
0: what's the better Hall and Oates
4: song? Oh, uh, Rich
3: Girl
4: Girl is probably their best song, or You Make My Dreams Come True, but Rich Girl, I think, is their best song. Oh,
3: I I think I'm going to have to go with Mike on this, that uh, Maneater's ahead by, like, a nose. Mm. Mm. I'm not a
4: fan of Maneater. It's better than than Private Eyes, though. Oh, Oh, I like Private Eyes. I don't like Private Eyes. I think there's a video more that I hated on Private Eyes. You are not a fan of Big Bang Boom? That was the album that Private.
2: Eye. Okay, anyway, I like Hollow Notes.
4: Yeah, my my mother used to think they were called Hollow Notes.
2: <laughs> She's not uh,
4: wrong, I guess. I got nothing for that really. Yeah. All
0: right, so uh, David Cook, winner of the seventh season of American Idol, was born in Houston, Texas.
2: Really 30th. digging for it this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big yeah. week for music. I see. Yes.
0: Good on his mom. And finally, the most successful group of the 1970s, ABBA, released their final original single, Under Attack, on December 13th. A split was never officially announced, yet they never recorded another album together again. I don't think I know that song.
3: Me either.
2: Hmm. I I guess that's why why they called it quits. Yeah. Yeah. Three quarters dead,
4: so they're under
0: attack. (laughs) That's (laughs)
4: that's a different person altogether. You know what? It's a different Uh, uh, person. Only me. Oh. Yeah, you're the only one that came along with me. No. All
2: right, let's see. Let's see. Under attack.
4: It's got 70s pacing. Yeah, it does.
2: I, okay, I yeah. Yeah, I got nothing on this. If someone had asked me to
3: imagine the song that killed Ab- ABBA, that would have been the song <laughs> I was imagining.
4: Yeah. I, give that, I give that zero out of five meatballs.
3: Indeed. Is that a rating?
4: In Sweden, it is. It is now. For oh. sure.
3: With yeah, lingonberries. Yeah. All right, movies. <laughs> the number one movie in the land was The Toy, starring Richard Pryor, which was knocked off by Tootsie. That's a weird time. <laughs> It really was. It's like those two movies are not being remade today.
4: (laughs) No. Especially the toy. Yeah. Holy crap. (laughs) Kevin Hart's like, you want me to do what?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Let's just move on from that. Uh, Movies released this week included Honky Tonk Man, Best Friends, a re-release of Peter Pan, Six Weeks, Tootsie, and Trail of the Pink Panther. We got to do a Pink Panther show. I don't know. I thought
4: they
2: redid one a couple years ago, didn't they? Yeah, Steve Martin, Martin
4: and it was not good.
2: Yeah. Hmm. There was two. There's something about the the Pink Panther movies. It's like my family and I will get to... We we have a box set of every Pink Panther movie made. Huh. And no matter what, we will always grab the same movie. We could blindly pull it, and it's going to be the same one. It's going to be the one where he has the nose where it melts.
4: Yes. Great balls of fire, sale. he he a bang yeah, but but one of my favorite lines of of all time though uh, is uh, when when he's putting on I think it's in the movie the shot a shot in the dark and he's putting on the uh, he's 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 admiring the 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 armor the suit of armor and he ends up with the mace on his hand <laughs> and he and he smashes the piano to bits accidentally and the lady's like that's a priceless Steinway Not nothing anymore. more <laughs>
3: All right, moving on. Charlie Thomas Cox, born December 15th, is an English actor. He's mostly known for his role as Matt Murdock slash Daredevil in Daredevil and the Defenders. And he also appeared in Stardust, The Theory of Everything, and Boardwalk Empire. i got to say Daredevil is a great show. It was. Most of it was really, really good, especially the first season.
2: Mm-hmm. I just like his portrayal of Matt Murdock. He nailed for it. sure. He did a great job on that. Yeah. All right. So, TV top shows in the land were 60 Minutes, Dallas, Magnum PI, and Mash. That's a good lineup. Pretty. It age. is a good lineup. Is it? You know, you can get official Magnum PI Hawaiian shirts, but do you want to?
4: Do people really go around checking the tag for that though?
2: Does it come with a mustache? Why would
4: you not? I find that just a standard Hawaii shirt is enough to get called Magnum no. PI half the time.
2: No, it's got to be. It's got to be the red one with the white flowers.
4: Yeah, I have one, but it's not like a. St- official magnum pi one but still get the reference
2: i mean maybe 10 years ago
3: now it's more like homer simpson's big fat party animal
4: (laughs) and where's that cake
2: (laughs) Uh, on december 11th espn broadcasts its first live college football game simulcasting the independence bowl matchup between kansas state university and the university of wisconsin Ah, I see sports. sports is bleeding over into TV.
4: That's how little info there was for everything else and how much there was for sports. Jeez. You didn't
0: give yourself enough sports. You had to throw some into the other categories too.
4: My God, there's so much sports.
2: <laughs> two shows debuted this week Powerhouse and Starcade, while two others were canceled Lou Grant and the acronym of the week, which is SDASD
3: which I'm pretty sure stands for Small Dicks are Sad Dicks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're not wrong! The show about midget detectives.
4: <laughs> oh my god, Jimmy No-Face also has a small dick?
3: How does he know?
4: <laughs> I, I
3: suppose to he me. could reach down there, yeah. <laughs> I'm sad.
4: But how does he know what a big dick look, or looks like? Or, you know, I guess he can don't feel it, those too. I was going to say,
3: other people don't measure them with their mouths, Patrick. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but you do measure with your never. You know, no, I'm censoring myself.
2: All right, to bring us back to se- to True North here, Starcade <laughs> was this shit. I love Starcade. Oh wait, wait, wait. Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo was the acronym. Oh yeah, which is that? Pretty which close. deserves to be canceled? Indeed. Yes,
4: I would much rather watch. But
2: Starcade my- was amazing. I don't remember Powerhouse
0: though. I remember Lou Grant, Scooby Doo, Scrappy Doo, and Starcade, but I don't remember Powerhouse.
2: Yeah, I don't remember
3: Powerhouse either. That That is the only one of the four I don't know either. Same. Powell, Powell,
2: Powerhouse. Hey, I'm, I'm Powell, looking Powell, at a, Powerhouse.
4: I, I don't think that's how it went. It was a, it was a, a knockoff of Electric Company. Ah. That's my, that's my guess.
2: <laughs> Each Powerhouse episode dealt with significant personal issues that affected both kids and teenagers, such as alcoholism, peer pressure, physical fitness, and more. Having That's no face. Strange ro- <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> How do you deal with it, Jimmy?
2: Alcoholism. Jimmy found his face.
1: J- Jimmy found a face?
2: <laughs> Episode oh. list, with a little help from my friends, part one and part two. Life or breath? Episode number five, you make me sick. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> the 40 going on 14 story. Episode number 15,
2: <laughs> Fit to be Tied. And episode number... What the hell? Hey, episode number 16, The Short Life of Lolo Nope. What? Is that Leslie's cousin?
4: Fairly. Oh my god. I'm still dying. At 40 going on 14 tagline. 40 going on 14, colon, you make me sick. <laughs> <laughs>
2: This week on Powerhouse.
4: That's the, that's the title of our, our autobiography.
2: make me <laughs> sick. All right. And finally, for TV, John Randolph Jack Webb was an American actor, television producer, director, and screenwriter. Who is most famous for his role as Sergeant Joe Friday in the Dragnet franchise, which he created. Oh. He was the founder of his own production company, Mark 7 Limited. <laughs> he yeah. darred, died of a heart attack at 62 on december 23rd
4: you did roman numerals on the fly right there like that oh, yeah that
2: was i was funny. practicing.
4: <laughs> oh
0: jesus hold on Help let me you. see i want to see how much there is oh god patrick
4: all right um, buckle up people i don't know why i did this to myself what did you do there's a lot to there's a lot to go through here oh boy December 12th oh, was... <laughs> Shut up Jimmy December 12th was one of the most infamous games in NFL history the snowplow game a snowstorm held a game between the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins scoreless when the clock was about to run out New England coach Ron Meyer ordered one of the field crew members Mark Henderson a convict on work release to clear a path for the kicker John Smith's field goal attempt which won the game for the Patriots 3-0.
0: That name again is the Snowplow Game. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he said, okay, clear a path so we can win.
2: Yeah. Dick move. Yep. Can I, can I just jump in here real quick? And we actually have a comment about the Mime Show on Podchaser. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? So Voodoo Stevie, uh, a great contribution of discussions about pop culture and American culture comparing the old and new is just plain great. I've been a fan for a long time now, and not a single show has really disappointed me. Well, except for the prank they pulled with the mime show. You got me, damn it. I sat <laughs> listening to Dead Air for about five minutes before I was wondering if my phone messed up or the file was corrupted. <laughs> I wasn't really disappointed in them, as I was with myself for falling of the daddest of the dad jokes. <laughs> all four are funny in their own rights or minds, but if you're already subscribed to their show, if, if you are all all... If you are already subscribed to the show, you are messing up. Kind of fell through in the end there.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I think think he was drinking as he typed that. You make me sick.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Voodoo
0: Stevie. Yeah, and we're glad you enjoyed the show. I hope you stuck around because there was more content.
2: Yeah, you didn't get to the bonus track? (laughs) Yeah, there was additional
0: content. It wasn't just Silence the entire show. Yeah,
3: I I'm pretty pretty pleased with that
0: episode.
4: Yeah. <laughs> you do get rewarded if you sit through the whole thing.
0: Still better than Peter Pan.
4: <sighs> we don't speak of Peter Pan. I just did. That's for show 400, the redo of Peter Pan. No. I'm not even gonna let No, I mean redo the whole thing. Like I'm gonna get a colonoscopy and everything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got to beat. I'm already drunk. <laughs>
4: All right, moving on. Born December 17th, Josh Barfield was an MLB baseball player for four years for the Cleveland, Cleveland Indians. He is the son of former MLB home run champ Jesse Barfield. And really, kind of kind of selfishly, the only reason I wrote that in there was so I could brag on the fact that my family is uh, friends with Jesse Barfield. What? Not yeah. the Jesse Barfield. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like, I mean, it's a. if I was lying, it would be the perfect lie because he's so obscure of a celebrity that like nobody would be like, why did you pick him? You know, yeah, he he was uh, my my father uh, met him and they became friends and we kind of hung out with their family for a couple years. It's not like you know we hang out anymore or anything, but we were friends with them for a while.
2: But it's just yeah. obscure enough that nobody was looking him up and be like, oh wait,
4: yeah. I mean he's a, I mean he's a real dude, yeah. Jesse Barfield. So I know I like
0: quantify that
2: he's a real dude.
0: He really
4: yeah, is. <laughs> I mean I'm not I'm not crazy. <laughs> It's like, I'm well,
0: we believe this. he
3: exists. Whether <laughs> we believe you know him or not, well, we don't actually care.
4: <laughs> and moving on, Maurice Moe Williams, born December 19th, is a former MDA basketball player who played 13 seasons after being selected by the Utah Jazz in the 2003 draft. Throughout his career, he played for the Milwaukee Bucks, the LA Clippers, the Portland Trailblazers, the Minnesota Timberwolves, Charlotte Hornets, and the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2009. Williams was selected as an NBA All Star. In 2016, he won his first NBA championship with the Cavaliers.
3: In a strange coincidence, my family doesn't know Mo Williams at all.
4: You motherfucker! <laughs> <Shut laughs> <up. laughs>
0: and he's just famous enough that we believe that.
4: Oh, <laughs> uh, I hate you guys! <laughs> all right, and here is uh, the the book, the book I'm going to be reading. Our Cricket Fact of the Week. Oh, here we go. Mohammad Asif was born December 20th. He is a controversial Pakistani cricketer who played for the Pakistani national cricket team before getting banned for spot fixing in the 2010 spot fixing scandal. Oh, I remember that. Exactly. Asif has played first-class cricket for Khan Research Labs, the National Bank... <laughs> No, different con, different. Con. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah,
1: hurry, my It's
4: Sorry, Jimmy. Oh man, why couldn't they have blown his ears off too? What? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, no, different. Di- I was talking about a different Jimmy. Oh. <laughs> the National Bank Quetta or Quetta? I don't know how to pronounce that. Shikupura siakulat and Leicestershire... A, a- Ron. <laughs> he made his test match debut for the Pakistani cricket team against Australia in January 2005. In 2006, Asif was involved in his first controversy after he tested positive for anabolic steroid Nandrolone, leading to the imposition of a ban which was later overturned on appeal. Further cricket controversy followed when he was detained in Dubai, suspected of having drugs on his person and was then later found to have tested positive for a banned substance during the Indian Premier League. In 2010, Asif was ranked second-leading test bowler just behind Dale Stein. That Dale Stein, yes. Oh. Oh. In July 10th, Asif took his 100th test wicket in only his 20th match. He also jointly holds the test record with five consecutive ducks, An (laughs) an unfortunate honor he shares with Bob Holland and Ajit Agarkar. Apart from his ability to swing the ball both ways, he was known for his beautiful action. A lazy lazy action and then a leap, his bowling was lethal in all formats. In August 2010, he was accused by News of the World of deliberately bowling no balls in return for payment from a betting syndicate. In February of 2011... A three-man tribunal appointed by the ICC gave the verdict that he was to be banned for seven years, with two of those suspended if no further offenses were committed. In November 2011, Asif was convicted, along with Salman (laughs) Butt and Mohammed Mohammed Amir, of conspiracy charges related to spot fixing. On November 3, 2011, Asif was given a one-year prison sentence for his role in the scandal. On August 19, 2015, The ICC suspended its previous orders and allowed Asif to play all formats of the game, and he is back to playing cricket again.
0: Anybody know him? Friends with him?
4: Yeah. Shut up, you dickholes.
2: (laughs) So um, I looked this up, and there was actually a Wikipedia on the Pakistan cricket spot-fixing scandal. Oh, my goodness. So. Undercover reporters from News of the World secretly videotaped Mazir Mahid accepting money and informing the reporters that fast bowlers Asif and Amir would deliberately bowl no balls at specific points in and over. This information could be used by gamblers to place bets with inside information, i.e. spot fixing, in response to these allegations. Ready for this? Scotland Yard. Arrested Mahid on a charge of match fixing. The International Cricket Council banned three players, Salomon Butt, Muhammad Asif, and Mohammed Amir, for terms between five and ten years. In November 2011, Butt and Asif were found guilty by a London court on criminal charges relating to spot fixing. Amir and Mashid had entered guilty pleas on the same charges, and all fours were given prison sentences ranging from six months to 32 months. Goddamn.
4: It's a big deal, apparently. Apparently, spot fixing, but salmon spot, butt. Fi- spot fixing your butt with salmon.
2: Well, who doesn't smoke salmon?
4: I think we've run out of butt jokes. Steam. What's the word I was looking for? <laughs> that was
0: close.
3: <laughs> All right, take us out, keyboard Joel.
2: not nah, na 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 na. <laughs> All right, so back in 1982, Jim Henson and Frank Oz said, "Hey, what's something we can create that'll scare the ever-loving shit out of every child that loves the Muppets?" And they came up with the Dark Crystal. This is 1982 on another planet, on another planet, in a distant past. Gelfling embarks on a quest to find the missing shard of a magical crystal and so restore order to this world. Let's hear it for the crystal meth. I don't
0: remember Heisenberg being in this.
2: No, no, no. Uh, The band. Oh. Oh, yeah. The, uh, The crystal by crystal meth. There's a song about Crystal, the 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 Dark Crystal by Crystal Yeah, yeah so this is huh. directed by Jim Henson and Frank Oz, uh writing credits by Dave O'Dell, uh who is known for such things as The Dark Crystal, Masters of the Universe, The Muppet Show, and Supergirl.
0: Well, hmm. that's some decent credit.
2: Yeah. Up into that last one
3: right there. Oh, Supergirl's. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say that most of the world disagrees with you on
2: that. No, 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 no. The old, the movie Super. Oh, oh, not the, not the show. Okay. Not
4: the, yeah, oh. not the show.
2: Yeah,
3: I was like, what? That is a weird
0: flex. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the um wow. was who who was in that? Was that the Helen uh, Slater? Oh,
0: Helen Slater played.
4: Yeah, it's even worse than what I was thinking. I was thinking I like it Helen was Alicia played. Silverstone. Yeah. No. That girl.
2: Helen Slater, yeah, Faye Dunaway. Right. the biggest thing was like the the poster. The she's flying past the Statue of Liberty, and the Statue of Liberty is holding up the torch in the wrong hand.
0: And I think Christopher Reeve shows up here at one point.
2: I mean, here's the thing though: this movie, Faye Dunaway, Helen Slater, Peter O'Toole, Mia Farrow, Peter Cook. It should have been a lot better than it, again some of the parts. Anyway, moving on <laughs> for another show. We should do that show, by the way. We should. Add that to uh, list,
0: somebody.
2: Yes, go ahead. Um, so, yes. Cast in order, verified as complete. Jim Henson, uh, who did the voice of Jen, a gelfling, the high priest and the ritual master. Catherine Mullen as Kira, a gelfling. Uh, you may know her as doing the voice of everything from Moki Fraggle. Please tell me you remember who Moki Fraggle is.
4: Was he the one that really liked coffee?
2: She was the one headlong sweater on. Have you never seen Fraggle Rock? No. What? Uh, like, a bit
0: here and there, but no, not.
4: Really. Yeah, I, like, I've seen, I mean, I'm familiar. I have I know the theme song. I've seen an episode here or there. I
3: could have sworn we'd gone over this before that uh, Pat yeah, wasn't gonna... into Fraggle
0: Rock. I know there's a there's Dozer right yeah.
2: Yeah, there's Dozers. Those are little, little builder guys. Anyway, I was all about Fraggle Rock. But she also played Camilla, the assistant on the mup movie. Frank Oz, we all know who he is. Uh, he played Agra, the Keeper of Secrets, and the Chamberlain.
1: Ooh. Dave Goals.
2: Goals, G-O-E-L-Z. Uh, played Fizzgig, a friendly monster. And the General and Gartham Master. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for some other stuff that he has done, he also did the voice of the Great Gonzo in the Muppet movie.
0: Goals, goalie, goalie, goals.
2: Yes, so Stephen Garlic did the voice of Jen.
0: <laughs> I didn't notice that was his last name until you read it, and I was like, "Did he make a mistake?" I'm, nope, his name's actually Garlic.
2: Yep. He did Jen in the Dark Crystal, and uh, did some stuff in Doctor Who in 1983. Afterwards, hmm. yeah. Uh, Lisa Maxwell, actress who did the voice of Kira uh, again, and we also have Billy Whitelaw who did the voice of Augra. Percy Edwards who did the voice of Fizzgig. Ah! Yeah, there you go. We got Percy Edwards on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Barry Denon who did the voice of the Chamberlain and uh, Podlings Uh, Barry Denon also (laughs) was this is really kind of wacky he did the he was Pontius Pilate in the the movie version of Jesus Christ Superstar and Mendel in Fiddler on the Roof and Josh he did the voice of Fat Man from Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty
3: oh okay (laughs)
2: Uh, But he's also done uh, World of Warcraft songs in Worlds of Draenor and uh, Legion. He's all a voice. Uh, Currently Lego Marvel superheroes. He does the voice of the Mandarin. So,
1: huh? Okay.
2: Big old voice actor. Uh, The general was played by Michael Kilgraf. Yeah, Kilgraf. Uh, who did the voice of him and also did the voice of Oblix in the 12 Tasks of Asterix.
0: And it looks like he's a Cyberman, or he was. Yeah,
2: he was also a Cyberman and was in s- Taxi. That's a nation, Not the Taxi that we know of.
0: Mondasian Cyberman.
2: Yeah. Last thing he did was 2014. He did the voice of a blacksmith in Dark Souls 2. Lots of voice actors in a puppet show. Who knew? Imagine that. I know, right? <laughs> who would have thought? Uh, a last of all, High Priest and the Dying Emperor was played by Jerry Nelson, uh, who also did Floyd Pepper, who does the voice. Of, I didn't know his last name was Pepper, who did the voice of Flo- Floyd from uh, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem and the Muppets. Oh, wait. Yeah. Holy cats. Floyd. He does the voice of Floyd, the two-headed monster, Harry Monster, and the Count.
0: Ah, ah, ah!
2: That was the worst Count. Ever. I know. I, I didn't know where
0: I was <laughs> yeah. going, and
2: then I just kind of happened there. To...
4: I didn't was... realize that was an impression of the Count until you pointed it out. That's how bad that impression was.
0: <laughs> One. Oh, I was like, ah, I was
4: like, ah, what ah, was ah. that noise he just made?
2: <laughs> Two, ah, 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 ah yeah, like, like Jerry Lewis. <laughs> Awesome. Three lady. What,
4: that was Woody oh. Allen doing Jerry Lewis.
2: Doing the count.
4: Yeah.
2: That's a three-way
0: I don't want to be a part
3: wow,
4: of. You're... This is the weirdest RG ever. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not even sure who that was. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was Rip Taylor, RIP. <laughs> anyway, just from I, the sidelines,
0: commentating, throwing confetti.
2: <laughs> oh, just for the back down. This is the, I finally loaded, the um crystal method, the tech... <laughs> Techno Jesus band. Hang on.
4: Christ, you wish to go back in the conversation? I well, do. thought it was going
2: to be this week. I was just thinking. <laughs> anyway. I'm like, anyway, so Crystal Method did a whole song that uses sound clips from uh, Dark Crystal. Oh, okay, cool. The The track is called Trip Like I Do. Oh, okay. I know that. Song. Yeah. So uh, trivia, Jim Henson's plan with this movie was to get back to the darkness of the original's brother grim fairy tales. He he felt that children like the idea of being scared and this was the healthy emotion for them to which to wait. That's a weird sentence. He felt that children like the idea of being scared and this and that this was a healthy emotion for them with which to deal. Yeah, that is a very who wrote. Uh, Yes, an awkward way to say that. I mean, I get what he's correct. Yeah. So Jim Henson thought that kids could be scared more often. It was good for them.
4: Yeah, that makes... I, I and it wasn't a bad disagree. thing for kids to deal with fear.
2: And I have to agree with him on this because...
4: I scare the shit out of my niece as much as possible.
2: Well, I remember seeing this movie in the Ogden Six Theater and being scared shitless in it in 1983. <laughs> I was 11 years old and the, the Chamberlain scared the ever-loving piss out of me. Mm. Yeah. Are are very few movies do I remember going to the theater to see, and this and like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Star Wars are all in the same bucket on this one.
4: Hmm.
2: So, Good yeah.
4: I went to the theater to see this one as well. I was excited for this. This always... I was too because
2: I was like, oh man, it's like swords and sorcery, fantasy stuff. Jim Henson, it's the Muppets, and oh my god, why does that guy keep whining at me? Why is whining scary? <laughs>
0: Why are they eating for five minutes?
4: <gasps> <laughs> Why is everything they eat have to be alive when they eat it? Uh and gooey.
2: So uh, early drafts of the script featured Jen and Kira traveling through the underworld where they encountered a race of underground mining creatures. Oh, This concept was later integrated into Fraggle Rock as the Doozers. There you go. That's cool. That is cool. What if we turn down the frightening just a little bit? <laughs> Uh, although there are nine of them, the Skeksis were originally based on the Seven Deadly Sins. I thought that was interesting since we just talked about that for
0: the Haunting of House show yeah. back a few episodes ago.
2: Conceptual designer Brian Frood was behind the look and feel of virtually every aspect of the production, from creatures to landscapes right down to the font of the opening title. In total, it took up five years of his life.
0: That's commitment.
2: That is the most I, I try to think about what have I done in the last five years? And I'll tell you, it wasn't the Dark Crystal. <laughs> God damn it. Talented dwarf actors. Mike Edmonds. Deep Roy. Yes. Oh, yeah. Deep freaking Roy. Jack Purvis. <laughs> Malcolm Dixon and others were used for the shots where the characters are seen walking, picking up objects, climbing and running in which they were dressed as the characters in the movie.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I saw that, and I'm like, I got to include that, because we all know Deep
2: Roy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jim Henson offered 22-year-old puppeteer Kevin Clash a job on this movie, but since Clash was busy with Captain Kangaroo and the Great Space Coaster, he had to turn it down. Great choice there, Kevin Wait, Clash. Captain
4: Kangaroo was still running?
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember watching
3: that as a kid.
2: Wow, I don't at all. Yeah, I did too. What? Yeah, Captain Kangaroo was around, uh, it says 1955 to 1992.
4: Of course, I was very loyal to Mr. Rogers. See, I was a Mr. Rogers loyalist
2: also. Yeah. I mean, they didn't make you choose. Mr.
4: Rogers (laughs) never would
2: make you choose. (laughs) I chose anyway. Yeah, Mr. Rogers really kind of like made did make me choose he was like hey welcome to neverland
4: i felt like if i if i watched anyone else it would have been cheating on mr rogers and you don't disappoint. i don't think you would have minded
2: i just captain kangaroo and great space coaster and nevertheless clash afterwards became a regular member of henson's puppeteer team performing in several productions of his notably as bum 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 elmo Yep. Says, oh,
4: that's where I knew that name. I was wondering why I knew that name.
2: He would later work as a puppeteer on Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance, the movie's prequel sequel series.
4: Yeah,
0: they did a whole documentary on Kevin Clash, and then sex scandal came out.
4: He, yeah, which he got vindicated from.
0: Yep. And here he is back. Well, it doesn't matter
4: anyway. Oh, is he back? Is that what you said?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, he's he's back doing stuff. And and this when I saw the documentary on the the new one. I was like, "Oh, hey, it's Kevin Clash." So when I saw this, I was like, "Oh, I didn't know he was." That's interesting. That is interesting in a way. Who more likes Kevin Clash?
2: I'm amazed at the fact that Captain Kangaroo was around from 55 to 1992.
4: That's insane. Well, obviously longer than that, or is that? Did you look it up? Is that what it?
2: No, I, I looked it up. 1955 to, to 1992. Damn. I know, right? He should have made an admiral
4: by then. <laughs> admiral kangaroo
2: <laughs> stuck at captain so yeah, I, I yeah
4: what what kind of a loser is stuck at captain for fifty uh, he years? didn't like
0: to play the po- politics game <laughs> i got nothing for that it, um and
4: captain america are both like yeah i guess we're just never gonna get a promotion
0: <laughs> captain marvel's hanging in the wings <laughs>
3: pretty sure Captain Kangaroo got busted down for punching superior
0: kangaroo officers. <laughs> Him and As Captain you do. Crunch went on a bender.
2: <laughs> I don't know where to take this, he says. Um, so, I highly doubt this, but has this been a first viewing for any of us? Oh, no.
4: No, Not no. A- not yeah. even not even a little bit. No. I have I I used to have it on VHS. I have it on DVD now. Really? Yep, yeah, it's one of my favorite fantasy type movies.
0: Really? Well, yeah, you you mentioned that when we started talking about the show. I didn't realize
4: I mean, I knew you guys liked it,
0: but I didn't know you were that into it.
4: Yeah. Until after we started talking about that. I was never scared by it like some pussies. Um
0: You were like 30 when you <laughs> saw it. <laughs>
4: But yeah, no, I I liked it from the beginning. Um, it I just I I think the darkness of it appealed to the uh, darkness inside morose you. side of me. Yeah, the the evil and the and the the inner skexies of me. Ooh. I don't know, I just something about it. I I really like the world. I really like the 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 concept of the Gelfling, and I just Augra was my favorite. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because that character is so great.
2: Yeah, I like. It's it's the end of the world or the beginning, you know. All right, whatever. <laughs> Ag- I think Augur was a lot of fun.
4: Yeah, like like I mean the 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 kind of character that knows everything, but you know, not going to tell you. <laughs> like, no, you got to figure that shit out on your own. <laughs> like on
2: yeah. yeah. Here's here's a box of crystals. Figure it out yourself. <laughs> Which one is it? Don't know. <laughs> Don't know. Never looked. There's like forty of them in there. Good luck. <laughs> I never understood how he's like, well, it's one of these three. How do you know?
4: I think it was just one of the, he, like, he was just kind of feeling it, you know, he, he had a the connection. Magic flute. with
2: him. No, he and, didn't use the no, magic.
4: That, that, that's what he used the flute to determine from those three.
2: Right. Yeah. I think he
4: just kind of like, you know, react. felt a vibe from them. He's like, these are the ones.
2: This crystal's vibing just right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I remember seeing this in the theater. I remember first off the first freak out point was when the emperor disintegrated in front of me. That was okay. Yeah, that's a good place to freak out. I don't understand the let's hit the rock with the swords and see who has the bigger spark competition.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just one of those things where the Skeksis are foreign and weird and they have customs that we just don't understand. I think that was just another way of kind of showing that off.
0: Well, I think it was also the limitation of the puppets. It's it's hard to have them do a full-on battle choreographed fight. So they have to kind of play to that, you know?
4: Yeah, that's true.
2: I do have to say, considering this is the early 80s, the Skeksis were amazingly well puppeted. Puppeted? Is that a right phrase? Puppeteered? Puppeteered? I think it would be the appropriate yeah i mean they were a really lifelike for the yeah. time
4: honestly i think that the puppeteering for the skeksis was almost better in the 82 version than in the current one.
3: Oh yeah i mean i wouldn't have thought of that but i don't know that i disagree with the statement
4: yeah their movement took me out every now and then in the new one whereas in the movie i never felt that
3: hmm
0: well they stuck pretty close to it
4: yeah i'm just saying you know. like i mean I, th- I think it's more of like like a like a, just a difference in puppeteering, honestly.
2: Well, I honestly, I think it's what it is is when you have Jim Henson say, "I want to have these things. I'm going to call them Landstriders, and they look kind of like you know." He describes it to him, and the and the puppeteers are like, "All right." let's make that (laughs) you know and and then you're like next thing you know you've got a guy in a suit with stilts on his arms and legs or you've got right how
4: crazy is that i I, have you seen the um yeah the making of
2: yes it's amazing the amount of stuff that they did just to get this get this made and what it is is just the honestly i think the best thing about this is the fact that jim henson was still alive when this happened oh for sure yeah cuz he could he could go in front of a group and just weave the idea that he had in his head and everybody would be like i am 100% behind that you want a giant like crab monster thing i will make that for you you want this whining um Skeksis creature i'm 100% behind that also mhm mm-hmm. it's i just think that uh, I don't I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, but I'm gonna sound so old when I say it. (laughs) Just say it. Back before they had the option to do digital effects, there was just so much more effort put into making it look good with what they had.
0: It's a it's a different type of creativity.
2: Yeah, and I think
3: they're starting to rediscover that and they're using a lot of the digital. Uh, effects to enhance rather than replace,
4: right? And that's that, that's a big key, I think, is the enhancing.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not just doing it with a computer because you
2: can. Yeah, you're using the computer yeah. to make it better. Right. In which case, like because we can, you get stuff like World War Z. Right.
4: The fight. The fight scene in the in the pit in the in the the prequel. Yeah, prequel.
2: for sure. No, that's a good example. Yeah,
4: World War Z. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but at the same time, if you use it to enhance, you wind up with Mad Max. Yeah, it's exactly
3: the example I always think of, because Fury Road really did use CG to uh, an awesome effect to just enhance the practical.
2: Oh, yeah. That's what the best thing about Mad Max was, is that watching it and you're like, oh, my God, they literally are blowing up these cars. They literally are figuring out a way how to do all these cool things and not kill anybody which is always done. No.
4: Uh Inception was another good use. Mhm. Cuz a lot of what they did in that was practical like the entire um set rotated in in the one uh fight scene with Joseph Gordon-Levitt.
2: Oh yeah, the whole room rotated for them yeah. to be able to run up the walls and stuff.
0: Well, and even even go back to uh uh like Lord of the Rings where they were using perspectives and old camera tricks to make frodo look shorter than than gandalf even though they were you know full-size adults they didn't shrink anybody down or anything they just forced
3: right they just hire john rice Davies so they don't actually have to make a third perspective for dwarf
0: (laughs) i'm not joking that's yeah
3: you're totally right the dude is just that large that that was the only reason they didn't need a third set of everything that's fantastic
0: and even even more recently uh, when we did our uh, Child's Play show, you know, here's a movie where nowadays it's it's commonplace to use CGI over over practical effects because it's less ex- less expensive and sometimes they can get better results. And with Child's Play, they decided to to go practical. And, I, you know, it's yeah. it's
2: nice to see that. And it's a good example for a movie that's crap. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick thinks so anyway, but well, the first one. But
0: we're not doing the child's play show. We already did that.
2: No, we're not. We're doing the Dark crystal. But uh, yeah. And, and there also is something to be said
0: about it that it's organic. It's kind of like how people compare vinyl to CDs. You know, it's it's got a more organic feel to it. it. Doesn't it? It's there. It's actually a physical thing. It's a real thing on the screen. So the light that's hitting on it is hitting an actual object. Object. It's not gotcha, something yeah. that you're creating in a in a computer. Everything's happening just like it would if there was an actual actor there.
4: And it is easier for an actor to interact with something that is there, obviously, than something that is going to be CGI'd in later.
0: Right. And to look at the right spot.
2: That is something that really takes me out of movies and TV shows. and Pretty much anything that has CGI in it is that if there is a character that is CGI and the live actor is supposed to be looking at them. But is you can tell that they're like six inches off. Hmm, I don't know that I've ever noticed that. Yeah. Well, the, uh, I have kids. They watch a lot of weird shit. <laughs> Joel knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm with you there's just some shows and some things that are like where the, the live character is looking at the CGI character and they're just a little bit to the right in this one. They're like, Hey, let's make these suits. Let's make the, uh, what are the oh guys? I just lost their name. Skexies. Gelflings. Skexies. No. Physigig. No,
4: landstriders—the
2: ones that go. No, God, the—they're the skeksis, and they're the mystics. Mystics, the mystics. Yeah, because they do the thing—the yeah, and yeah. throat singers. Right. Yeah, I spent so much time trying to think about what the hell their name was. I forgot what it was going to say.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, so, well said. Then talk amongst yourselves. Something about they spent so much time making their cost their stuff or whatever. For the mystics. And... No, that has gone. Okay. Yeah. I thought I could help kickstart it. They didn't do that. <laughs> so I think we're in one of those spots where there's really not a lot to say because we all liked it, but we didn't, like, most of us, you know, didn't love it, and there's not enough to hate on, but there's not enough to, like, gush over.
3: Well, I mean, there is the one big famous scene that we haven't talked about yet, the uh, the melting of the podling, which I think is the... Uh, main thing that it traumatizes e- even more than the emperor melting away it's still traumatic where his it's life
4: about the, the, yeah pulling the essence out of him
3: yeah pulling yeah. the essence out of the potling
4: yeah
0: it's still kind of traumatic yeah even though you know it's a puppet it's still a very effective scene that is a bit beyond what some kids maybe should have seen
4: i don't know i mean i guess maybe that's why it never bothered me because i just knew it was a puppet
2: well, or that, in the fact you're like, this is what life is.
4: <laughs>
2: sucks you away.
4: I'm just sitting there at 11 years old, like this is preparing me for what life is going to do.
0: This is just that, like working a job.
4: Suck my essence out. <laughs> sucks the essence out of you.
2: Even though that that scene, looking at it from a technical point of view, they had to make a bunch of different puppets that all looked a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit worse to be be able to create that scene. Yeah. All things considered, it was pretty damn smooth.
4: Why couldn't they just hook it up on the inside? with like some kind of vacuum thing. It just kind of sucked it in.
2: I don't know. Why couldn't Jim Henson just go to the goddamn doctor for his pneumonia?
4: Well, because he was a... Uh, oh, don't do that. Uh, what's the word? <laughs> yeah, what's the word, Pat? I'm Weird so- Weirdo was the one that was coming to mind.
2: <laughs> I'm so angry. <laughs> he is the only... Famous person, the only celebrity that I ever really felt anguish over him dying, because it was my goal when he died to to meet him, and I was just after like... after he was dead. Yes, after he Weird was dead. Well, that's exactly what I'm talking he's about. Dead. You monkey fuck! What um, <laughs> <he's that? laughs> it was
4: a it was a like current actual goal at the moment of his death that he wanted to meet him.
2: Yeah, I was like, that would have been a better meet way to Jim phrase it. Henson yeah. At one point or another, I am going to meet him, and he is, I want to be mentored by Jim Henson, and he's dead. Fuck. That was just really aggravating to me. That was
4: like, your assets getting sucked out.
0: Yeah, it really was. Ah, way to bring it around. Well, one of the other things about this before we do move on was that he had so much content created for this that even before the 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 age of resistance was made there was um a series of comic books that that told the rest of the story there were books mm-hmm. uh, you know there's been multiple just like a lot of stuff done after the fact to help tell the rest of the story before and after kind of of what happened because he just had this this world that he couldn't all fit into you know one movie which is impressive you know that he had that much love of the 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 content and i think that's probably part of the reason why people like patrick film
2: yeah it really i agree with you on the fact that he he has got such a depth not even a depth on the initial movie of it but the potential for so much lore in this world is what draws me into it it's like where did the sketches come from Why do they have the castle? Why do they have this? Why do they have that? What happened with this? There's after the end of the Dark Crystal, the movie, there were so many answers that I wanted that I had to wait 35 freaking years for. (laughs) But I'm not angry.
0: No, now you're satisfied, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And you can read the uh, graphic novels if you want more content.
2: Mm -hmm. I have.
0: And I think there's a comic book series too. Uh, IDW publishing, maybe.
2: Uh, that sounds like something they'd do, yeah. Yeah, it sounds completely like IDW. So, Patrick, do you have anything that you want to be angry about?
4: <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I was afraid watching this, because I haven't watched this in probably, I don't know, 10 years or so.
0: What? Call yourself a fan.
4: And I was kind of afraid it was going to not be as good, but no, I still enjoyed it very much. Huh. I'm kind of where Patrick was. It'd
3: been, and maybe not 10 years, but it'd been a while since I saw this. And uh, I I was also a little afraid it
2: wouldn't hold up. Joel, are you with me on this one that you watch it like two or three times a year?
0: No, I've only seen it. I think maybe once before this, but the kids were really into uh, the odd ones out video on it where he, you know, as a 19 year old kid watched the movie because it freaked him out when he was a kid. And he did a whole 30 minute video about it. So I've seen that. Numerous times, so I've kind of seen the movie multiple times. But how?
4: I don't, I don't. I've, like I said, I, I I love this movie. I've seen it a lot, but I mean, I don't think there's any movie that I would say I watch two to three times a year.
0: Yeah, not that frequently,
3: huh? Yeah, for me, maybe Raiders of the Lost Ark, but I don't think anything else. I mean, I like this, but it's it's definitely not like something that I identify with as like a thing.
4: That's... Yeah, and like you guys know, like Wizard of Oz is one of my favorite movies of all time. But I probably haven't watched it in a good six eight years.
2: Hmm. He says, stepping backwards slowly. Watch out! I I, I don't know. I watched The Dark Crystal. I have it on DVD. I have it on Blu-ray. Uh, like I said, probably two three times a year.
4: Hmm. I mean, I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. Like if if I'm flipping channels and I see it. I'll leave it on, but it's not like something that I think about. Oh, you know, I should watch The Dark Crystal again. Huh. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm about the same place. Maybe for some reason or another, it just stuck with me a hell of a lot more.
3: Well, yeah. And like you said, you're a huge uh, Jim Henson fan. I don't think any of us weren't. I mean, we all grew up with Sesame Street and the Muppets, but like, I, I didn't have a special affinity for H- Henson
0: Workshop stuff. Yeah, I respected him, and I like all the stuff that I've seen of his. But yeah, I
4: w- yeah, I'm definitely a fan, but I'm not as obsessed like Mike is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I
2: I won't lie, I am obsessed with Jim Henson and the whole world that he created here.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah. cool. There's a lot of people out there in that same boat.
2: That said, I will. I know there's listeners out there. I will acknowledge there are a lot of. Truck-sized holes in the uh, script that you can drive through, but at the same time,
4: it... but that's not the point of this movie.
2: No, the point of this movie is. To...
4: I mean, this isn't the game. Of, this isn't a Game of Thrones. You know, this isn't supposed to be. You know, political tight. You know, watertight. You know, back alley. This, it, this is just. You know, a, this is good versus evil, and you know yeah. the ending of you know. Bad times and good times from then on out, and blah blah blah. It's it's an epic story, you
2: know. And, and, and I agree with you. It, it's one of those stories. that's just like I don't want to say.
4: I a, mean, Princess Bride has plot holes. That doesn't make it a bad movie. No, not at all.
0: But it doesn't have giant tree monster ghosts, aliens. Doesn't it? We
3: watched a different copy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, that was Andre the Giant, Josh.
3: Yeah, hmm. he's not a tree monster ghost. He
2: is not a tree monster ghost. No.
0: Anybody want to be that?
2: He will always be a tree monster ghost in my heart. Aww. I think on that note, we should probably go to the break. <laughs> tree monster ghost. All right, we will be back in a little bit, and we're going to talk about Dark Crystal Age of Resistance
1: 2019.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, welcome back. We are back. and we are going to talk about the dark crystal, the dark age. What?
4: What's the, the dark, age, age of, of resistance.
2: resistance? Age of resistance. Words. Age of darkness.
4: <laughs> the dark night.
2: The dark night and resistance of. <laughs> dark of assistance. Yes. The dark assistant. Wait, no, wait.
4: Crystal Gale in the dark, resisting
2: <laughs> assistance. <laughs> what happened to you people? <laughs> we we'll leave for a few minutes.
4: I had a I had a stroke.
2: Yeah. That's I'm I having problems because Pat had a stroke.
4: Stroke. <laughs> stroke. Stop mocking me.
2: All right, so this is directed by Louis Leterre. Leterrier? I don't know if that's on Leter- Leterrier. Louis Leterrier.
4: Yeah, Americanized that one.
2: Yeah. Louis the the Terrier Louis Louis the Dog (laughs) Louis
3: Letterer was directed by a terrier
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're amazing
4: those dogs can do anything they're they're
2: fantastic All right, so this is directed by him who has also directed such things as The Incredible Hulk
4: which version? the Ang Lee version?
2: Edward Norton version (laughs) Uh, the Norton version yes
4: well, obviously he didn't direct the the Angley version. That was the joke. It was funny to me.
2: Yes,
0: uh, the transporter. Don't forget transporter.
4: Oh, we did. Brothers Grimsby,
0: which I think yeah. is kind of an underrated comedy. I've never you seen were- it. No. Mark Strong and uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Three. And
2: Patrick, ready? He also did Clash of the Titans.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah, not that's, that was that the one right. we saw? That was, that's yeah, the that's one
2: crazy. we saw. We were like, yeah. why is why is everybody filthy after this gigantic battle except for her, who is completely clean? <laughs> I thought you guys saw Wrath of the Titans. Did we?
4: I think it was Wrath, yeah. Wrath. I thought Titan. it was
3: Remember the Titans.
4: <laughs> I just love that joke.
2: <laughs> when does the Kraken come?
4: <laughs> I thought it was Terror of Tiny Town.
2: After the <laughs> car crash.
4: Yes. Okay. Moving on.
2: Louis the dog directed these 10 episodes. I was going to put writers in there, but there are 10 different writers and I didn't want to get into it.
4: Good, good call.
2: I know. The main voice cast of The Resistance, Taron Egerton as Rian, a Gelfling Crystal Castle guard of the Stonewood clan.
0: This guy is big deal these days,
2: right? I know, right? Yeah, I know that name. It's Eggsy Egg- from the uh, Kingsman. Yeah, that's gonna be the one. Oh, okay, know. okay. And he just recently played Elton John. Yep, and Rocketman. He said a lot going on. Uh, also, Anya Taylor Joy as Bria, the youngest Gelfling princess of the Vapra clan.
0: You might know her from
2: The Witch. The Witch, Witch, Witch.
3: I have not seen it, but uh, I've listened to most of it because Sarah was watching it the other day
2: while I was playing video games. What about Playmobil the movie? That
0: one's not out yet, but it's coming
2: and it's here.
0: It's... Oh, is it out?
2: I don't, don't, don't know yet. But uh, she started out with a Vampire Academy. Also, Nathalie N A T H Nathalie Nathalie. I think it's just Emmanuel and Natalie.
4: You just, yeah. you just call her an H. It's
0: athlete. an
2: alternate spelling. Okay. There's an H in there. As Deet. Yeah,
3: she's pretty well known for Game of Thrones, basically.
2: Yeah. Also, moving on, Harris Dickinson as Jiren, a member of the Drenjan clan. Uh, he is in Maleficent coming up.
0: Oh, the new one? Hmm.
2: Yeah. And he's also in the uh, Kingsman prequel. Ah, which looks fantastic as usual. It really does look good. The Kingsman whole the whole Kingsman thing is fantastic.
0: Something else you introduced me to, Mike. Yes. Yep. Did I? Yeah. Night before Gen ah. Con, we watched the first Kingsman.
2: Man, I don't know if I should be blaming myself or congratulating myself.
0: Give yourself a pat on the back.
2: I'm old. I can't reach back there anymore. <laughs> That's why I call my children to come wipe my butt. Uh Google. <laughs>
4: Mabatha Raw, where's your butt exactly?
3: <laughs> well, let's not go down this. <laughs> nope. Nope.
0: we're just gonna move right past it.
3: I didn't even want to say the word hole there.
2: Elgin path.
4: Let's say path,
2: path, a <laughs> trail. It's a trail. <laughs> um...
4: <laughs> no, you're 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 going down the wrong path. The
2: eldest of the princess sisters of the Vapra clan and one of Bria's sisters. Gugu Mbatha-Raw, you may know her for where she played Tish Jones, the sister of Martha Jones in Doctor Who. Oh, okay. I thought I recognized the Uh, name. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I'm. I'm surprised Joel didn't jump totally on that one.
0: Well, I she was only in what an episode that I remember.
3: I know it's in a couple, and there were a couple of them were important ones.
2: Yeah. I remember the face, but not the name. Yeah. That's fair. I think there were a lot of voice actors, a lot of actors that were like, Oh, hey, Dark Crystal, I'm on that. So I think oh. we're seeing a lot of fa I, I don't want to say fanboys, but people that grew up with this movie and just really want to be involved with it. So Victor Yurid is Hup! a podling who fights with a spoon. Some things that he has been in Greg the Bunny where he was a puppeteer I
0: remember that
2: show. He was yeah, a that, puppete-
4: was, that was an all right show. Yeah.
2: yeah, he was also a puppeteer in the Weezer music video Keep Fishing. And I don't know if you guys remember this but between the Lions was a uh puppeteer uh puppety type TV show that my kids watched and he was also in Everything Going Back to Farscape Pajanimals. Do you know Pajanimals? He was also not Pajanimals. Nah, I've, it's a it's a kid thing. Men in Black Two, Muppets from Space, and he was a <laughs> actor in Hannah Montana where he played Pancake Buffalo. Mm, sounds delicious. That's fun to say.
4: No, Buffalo Pancake sounds delicious. Pancake Buffalo, I don't know about that. Got run over by a train or something. Yeah, I'm thinking okay. like just a flattened pancake or flattened a buffalo. <laughs>
2: You never know until you got it in your mouth. your uh, Shazad Latif. <laughs> yes, Cullen, the song teller of the Sprite and Clan uh, may know him from such things as Spooks, BBC tel- TV series, Toast of London, which he plays Clem Fandango, which is a great name. If you have not seen Toast of London, watch it created by Arthur Matthews and Stephen Toast hmm yes yeah i've never well, seen it's it got
0: matt barry as the lead
2: yeah it's ridiculous and fantastic at the same time if you like like black books you should definitely check it out yeah it sounds like it would be right up my alley oh yeah it's good stuff it's on netflix hannah john cammon as naya a member of the drenching clan and Gurgin's twin sister in case you were wondering uh, you may know him or her as playing Ornelia in Game of Thrones and Finale Zandor in Ready Player One and Ghost in Ant-Man and the Wasp.
4: Oh, okay. Oh, yeah.
2: I figured that was the one that was going to catch everybody. So that was a resistance. So all the Gelflings and pod people. Now let's go over the Skeksis. <laughs> yeah. You want somebody
4: else to read it? Not uh, at all. All right.
2: <laughs> yep. I got a bottle of rum next to me, and I'm ready to go. No one could tell. No one can tell. At all. Jason Isaacs as is the emperor, as Skeksko, the arrogant, greedy, iron-fisted, cold leader of the Skeksis, and ruler of the planet Thra, who we do see dissolve into dust in the movie. Simon Pegg as a Chamberlain, who, in case you were wondering, mm-hmm. his name is Skekskill. Emperor chief's advisor and second line to the throne. A skilled and undermining trickster who plans to become the emperor's favorite. Joel, give me your best Chamberlain. Mm. All right. Well, that was all right. Mm. (laughs) You got to get higher on that. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, Patrick's got it. Patrick and Chamberlain. Yeah. (laughs) Benedict Wong. As the general, as Skexvar, an aggressive and brutal Skexes who was most loyal to the Emperor. Mark Hamill jumping back into the uh, voice acting bandwagon as a scientist whose full name is Skektek. A once old friend of Agra, the scientist is a maniacal genius who abuses the Dark Crystal for his evil experiments. Keegan-Michael Key as a Ritual Master, who is known as Skekzock pompous and gruff high priest of the ceremony of the sun aquafina tell me i'm saying that right yeah aquafina yeah. that's her name it, it's ex- it's tell me i'm saying exactly like the bottled water yes yeah okay uh the collector skixlox a disease-infected Skeksies who collected tributes from the geflin clans you Are would probably not- actually recognize
3: her even though like you might not know her by that name. She was in the uh, Oceans movie, uh, the uh, all girl Oceans movie. I forget which number it
0: was. Eight. 16 oh, or
2: 25? Yeah. 25. So,
4: yeah. <laughs> eight. Eight. Really? Oceans eight. Oceans okay. 25 or six to four. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's
2: why we keep you around. Um, Har- <laughs> Harvey Furstein as you the mean Grand Harvey as Skeks Ayuk, the greedy and gluttonous organizer of the Skeksis banquets. Ellis Dinin as the ornamentalist. As Skeks Act, the vain designer of the Skeksis garments. Who knew that the Skeksis had their own garment designer?
4: Well, they are very vain. They were always talking about how beautiful they are.
2: True they- story. True. Neil Stenberg, as a scroll keeper. As Skeks Auk. The Crystal Castle historian who delights in lying to get his way. Sounds like Chamberlain. Hit it, Pat. Mm.
4: (laughs) You made the yummy sound. (laughs) (laughs) All right,
2: some other uh, recurring voice cast on here is Eddie Izzard as Katia, a member of the CIFA clan, Helena Bottom Carter. As Madura Marin, the all Madura, the leader of the Vapor clan, Katerona Bal Balif as Tavra, Toby Jones as the Librarian, nice. Justin DeMurti Burns as Dodrin, the member of the Vasper clan, who oversees the Order of the Lesser Services, Leanna Headley as Madra, the rock singer, Alicia Vikander, Natalie Dormer, Mark Strong and Theo James. There's a it seems to me like there was Tons of people that were like, Dark Crystal, I'm in. Uh, Ralph Innocent is the hunter. Skek is the wildest, fastest, strongest, and most bloodthirsty of the Skeksis with retractable arms. That's weird saying it out loud. <laughs> and Andy Samberg, which is the least, uh, probably not least, but the lowest on the guesses of people that would be involved with the Dark Crystal.
4: I es- did not even know that was him until I just now.
2: Either. What? As yeah. es- yeah. the moody and crazy of a good hearted Skeksis, formerly known as a conqueror, he opposed his fellow Skeksis' decisions and was forced into his self imposed exile into the Crystal Sea Desert with his mystic counterpart, who is voiced by. Crap, he's in the office.
4: His counterpart?
2: Uh Yeah. Um, just lost Brian,
4: his name. Brian Baumgartner. That's my guess. No. No, that was just a no, guess.
2: Uh what is, what is the best kind of bear?
4: Oh, oh Rain Wilson. Rain
2: Wilson? Yeah, Rain uh Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson? Wilson was the Mystic Counterpart.
4: Yeah, that's no wonder that scene was so good. Andy Sandberg and Rain Wilson.
0: It's a hell of
2: a cast. Yeah.
4: That whole scene with them was so good. So Trivia.
2: Trivia. All episode titles are quotes from the original Dark Crystal from 1982. Uh -uh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. According to official lore, the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance is set during a time on the planet Thra, known as the Age of Division. It is a time period lasting 1,000 years, beginning with a great conjunction that split the Erskeks and ending with the Great Conjunction, along with Jen and Kira's help that reunited them. The first piece of screen media in the Dark Crystal franchise since the original movie. There have been comics produced before and after the events of the first movie, but Age of Resistance marks the franchise's first return to the screen in 37 years. There you go. Holy cats. And Louise Gold is the only puppeteer of a sketchy to reprise her role. Good on her. Yes. I don't know why you wouldn't.
0: I mean, if you're capable. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a long time ago, so I guess being dead would be a pretty good excuse.
4: Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. That's a, that's a valid one. Hard to argue that one. Yeah. I mean, I'm one of the. People like Minnie that was waiting for this for a long time. I was very excited when it came out, um, and to hear all the announcements and everything, and wait for it and all that stuff. So, um, and then to find out how how many people were signing on for it, and then to find that you know one at a time, just keep getting all the good news. Oh, they're going to use practical effects. It's not going to be CGI driven. Oh, they're you know they're bringing back you know some of the old puppeteers. Oh, they're bringing back you know this that and the other and yada yada. And stills come out and you know everything. And it it was there was a you know a lot of hype in the fantasy community about this and i you know spoilers i i think it lived up to it
3: i was very impressed by their commitment to matching the original visual fidelity even when like seeing the awkward stiff nature of the puppets must have been hard cuz they're like we have the technology to make it look like they're actually moving but they they wanted it to look like it was one consistent thing and i appreciate that creative choice
4: which is one of the problems with doing prequels to something, because obviously the technology in movie making has gotten better in real time. You know, that's one of the things that's always stuck out to me in, in the prequels in Star Wars. is like, why is the technology so much better in the past? Right.
0: Well, because once... Well, anyway, we'll get into that. Well, if you watch...
4: Yeah, I know I know that people have retrofit things to make it you know make sense, but...
0: If you watch the... I watched the documentary, The Crystal Calls, Making the Dark Crystal, The Age of Resistance. the hour and a half documentary about the making of this and uh they showed the original kind of concept they had going where the there was a company that was like okay well we can make because they were going to leave the skexies as puppets and then make the gelflings cgi it just it's, it's very off-putting as much as they're kind of weird to look at anyway it really threw like it didn't match up very well and it just felt wrong
4: well, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to avoid the uncanny the uncanny valley with with something that doesn't have a real life actual counterpart to compare it to. That makes a lot of sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I highly recommend if you guys like the new series to watch the documentary that's on there, because um, you get to see all the actors that are in it, especially like Simon Pegg, talk about how much he loves the original and how he was excited to you know play the part. Taron Egerton, same thing. You know, he was just genuinely geeked about it, and it's it's neat to see that. Plus, you get to see all the concepts, as far as what they were doing, um, and all the work that went into it. And it's just insane how much they 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 put into this.
3: Oh, and I gotta say, uh, I was so happy to see that with Simon Pegg because I, I had to immediately go to IMDb to see if it was the original Chamberlain. He did a great job. He did
4: a he did a yeah, really really good job. Yeah. Personally, I think everybody. I, I, there was nobody that I thought did a a, st- a like a job that was bad that stood out or anything. That nobody had a performance that took me out of any scene. I really think that, like the the voice acting was stellar in this.
0: Yeah, I, as I was watching it, even even not being a a, a huge fan of it, I, I could see Jim Henson if he was still alive seeing this and feeling like, you know, they carried the torch admirably, you know, there, there was, it, it fits together pretty seamlessly. And the one thing that I wanted to mention earlier on was something Pat had said when he was talking about watching it is that uh, the fact that they were using the practical effects and the puppets, but then they were incorporating things in the background, like the magic was what you, I think specifically referenced to be CGI and it kind of brought it more to life. It made it it was it was a cool way of tying them together.
3: I agree. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. So, how far did each of you guys get? Finished it.
3: Yeah, I watched all ten episodes. Okay, so yeah, I, I was the one who kind of lagged lagged behind. I had not. I probably saw four or five of them.
4: Oh yeah, and I got to finish it as well. So.
0: Yeah, I watched all of it in the documentary.
4: I meant to get to the documentary, and I did not.
0: Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it once you get a chance
4: uh, yeah, to see it. Yeah, I'm sure I'm going to watch it regardless. But...
0: You better watch it.
4: <laughs> Shut <laughs> your face.
0: Kick you in your butt. He's going <laughs> to wipe your butt for you.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of the um, expansion of things that they did, I thought was a good you know, expansion of the lore, talking about how the, the seven clans that existed before, you know, they united, you know, just listen and, and just seeing new creatures and stuff like the the roly poly bugs that they used for wheels.
0: Yeah.
2: I like those.
4: Yeah. And there's a lot of really, really cool stylistic choices made throughout this. Like, um, when, when the fire, you know, um, uh, shot up throughout, throughout all of Thra, and like, he was it, able to communicate to all the gulflings through the fire. And that was pretty cool. Like a loudspeaker, but like, uh, yeah, exactly. Like a giant, uh, intercom system or something, giant intercom system. Exactly. To the whole world. Like, um, a and then, of
2: course, psychic CB radio. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Got your ears on, good buddy. And like, um, one of my favorite scenes was the, the introduction of the Spider Clan. I can't remember their name right now. But when they meet, when you first meet them, how they just form into a, like an amorphous blob face. And as they talk, like the whole thing like moves like a mouth. It's mm-hmm. really creepy and cool at the same time.
2: Yep, because if you didn't need something to be terrified about...
4: You have it now.
2: Yep.
0: Well, and, and I got to give him a lot of credit for the design of the hunter.
4: Yeah, this. he was awesome. Mm. When he, he unveiled those two arms, weird. you know, the two extra arms, that was a pretty cool shot.
2: I was not expecting there to be... I mean, through the last 34 years, I've always seen the Skeksis as villains that never leave their um their castle.
4: Right, and then him jumping through the trees, all agile, like, like what the hell?
2: Yeah, and the fact that uh, the other thing that I liked about it is that they they kept with the parallel to the um, oh God, why did I lose her name again? Mystics. The Mystics. The Archer was pretty freaking
4: badass. He really was. I love the Archer.
2: Yeah, the Archer was so much fun to <laughs> watch him play.
4: That scene when Augur's like, "I'm not walking any further," and then she just starts getting peppered with arrows. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "Okay," but okay. just a, yeah. too. What what a what a great character concept, though. The archer, he just he bows it up and just poof, just pulls it, doesn't even aim, doesn't anything, just goes right where he wants it to go.
2: <laughs> and I, I, now that you bring up Agra, so much more explanation on why and who she actually is. Yeah. You know, it's not like she's just some kind of like wackadoodle person with a with a telescope from the movie, but it's like, holy crap, she's like a goddess. She's honest. almost
4: like a like like this, you know, Thras Tom Bombadil
2: or Yoda. Holy crap, that is like the perfect alignment for her. Thank you. Yeah, good job.
4: <laughs> I go. I like it.
2: You're done. You can go. You can go. That's why I'm the talent. Yes, yeah, that's man. what we say.
0: Well, I watched the original first, and it, it made this made the the series make a lot more sense, and it it felt a bit more cohesive because I was like, okay, well now I understand why that happened and I understand why that happened.
3: Did it right? feel like one consistent property all the way through? Like it could have been released in that order.
0: I think so. I think that the fact that they the only thing that that maybe threw it off was the effects with some of the like the magic and things. But other than that, they, because of them doing the original puppeteering and everything and sticking with a lot of the same traditional methods that they used back uh, 37 years ago, it it did. It felt like one cohesive piece.
3: That was because uh, I wished I'd kind of uh, watched it in that sort of order. But uh, yeah, I was afraid that because uh, sometimes you can tell even if something's supposed to be before the other, not even the technology thing, just something about maybe the storytelling. Or I don't know. You could no, you you tell, tell. When,
4: when, when aspects of the story have been retrofit.
0: Yeah, maybe that's it. That's one of the things that I found the most appealing about the story that kept me involved and made me actually want to finish it, is that it did feel like it, it all went together. It didn't feel like, you know, like when we did the thing show. Where I, I enjoy the the old one now more having seen the the prequel, but it it felt like two different movies that were in the same universe, but it still had some consistency. This felt cohesive, like from start to finish. That's cool. And that's credit to, you know, everybody that was making it to try and stick with it. And they got as many people back as they could from the original, even if they were just consultants to I mean, even uh Jim Henson's daughter was was heavily involved in it mm-hmm. so you know they they made sure that they were they were doing it right because it's i think one of the biggest budgeted netflix things that's, that's happened yet that's cool it's, it's pretty insane
4: and they did it i mean they, they really did a, a, a bang up job i think
0: was it worth the wait for those of you who've been yes. waiting okay that's high praise
4: yeah i yeah i'm I, I wish I hadn't had to wait so long, but I'm glad it was here, and I'm glad it was as good as it was.
2: I'm glad that I had to wait so long, because I don't think that if, let's say if they did a prequel or sequel to the Dark Crystal in late 90s, I don't know if I would have been as enthusiastic, or it would have been as good.
0: You might have ended up with The Haunting 1999. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: think he's
3: right. Like the, the time and place that we're in now is the time and place where they're starting to realize, Hey, practical effects are a thing. We don't Mm -hmm. just have to use the computer for everything.
4: And if this had been done in the nineties, it's a very good chance. Rian might've been voiced by Jeff Foxworthy. (laughs)
0: Jesus. (laughs) Well, that's a a jump right there. And Jeff Dunham. Uh, I mean, You keep going back to the Star Wars comparison, and I, I think that's a valid comparison because, you know, it's the same kind of thing where you have this property that people are in love with and have been for, for decades. And then you go back and you make the story before that, but you don't really entirely pay attention with the fact that the effects are that much farther ahead. And it kind of feels a little disjointed, even though the stories all tie together. It still feels like a separate entity.
3: Star Wars. I mean, I I don't want to crap on Star Wars. I've even come around to liking the prequels, but I I don't know that I feel like they're one cohesive story. Uh, There's a lot of retrofitting.
4: Yeah, like I mean, for instance, you know, Anakin building C-3PO made no sense,
0: right? Well, and the whole metaphlorian thing. But anyway, you know, it's 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 why are they talking
2: into a razor?
0: It was still an attempt to try and do it and and that's where one of those examples where it didn't it didn't work, but I think here they had enough history and basis in what Henson had originally came up with that they were able to pull it off and like you said they because they were paying attention to the fact that practical effects aren't a bad thing it it worked to our advantage as a viewer. I
2: think we've reached a point where the creators that are going around now realize how much these themes and these movies mean to us. And I'm glad it came out now because it seems to me that they were like more in touch with the fact that we love this. We love this property. Or it
4: could be in 20 to 30 years, we're going to be like, oh, my God, what were they thinking? This stuff is such crap.
2: Oh, don't do that.
4: I don't think so.
0: I don't think so. Plus nowadays, you know, you don't have to go with the first offer because there's not, you know, three major studios that are bidding for your your story. You now have tons of places you can choose from. Like Creepshow for example, Nick Greg Nicotero brought the series back and took it to Shudder that kind of got it and created something that that fits well with the original the original films, not counting part 3.
4: And and it makes a big difference when, you know, people are not just phoning it in and, and taking a paycheck and everything. You can tell that yeah. there was love in this.
3: I think you can probably, in some ways, thank Lord of the Rings for that. It's the proof of concept for it's the people love this for a reason. Don't be Mr. Little Creative and put your own personal stamp on it. We're not here to see you as an auteur director. We're here to see
2: the original story.
4: Yeah, the story mm-hmm. we want to we see, the story we fell in love with, yeah.
2: Yeah, we're not looking for a new twist on an old classic. We're looking for something that we loved when we were kids, expanding on the world that we have been imagining for the last 34 years. Yeah. And for so
3: long, you had the name recognition was like a gateway for a popular director to like leave their own mark. And that's why you've got so many bad adaptations all the way up to, I'd say, the mid-2000s. Because yeah. uh, Harry yeah. Potter
4: kind of fell into that a little.
3: I'd say they're actually fairly
0: faithful.
4: No, I'm I'm talking about like each director trying to put their stamp on the movie.
3: Mm,
4: I gotcha. Mm.
0: Well, and again, I think that's credit to the fact that there's more choices now for creative places to go to take your film, your idea, and get it done right. Because it's not like you know, there's a Hollywood guy that's like, okay. You can make it here at MGM, but we're going to cast our people in it and our director, and it's no longer your movie anymore. And here they were like, "Okay, this is your concept. We're going to give you the money. Go do it." And and they kind of were hands off. I think.
3: Yeah.
4: Well, have we exhausted this topic? I mean,
3: yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> odd. Like, I feel like I want to say more about it, but uh, this is another one of those where we all loved it. But don't have a lot of specific analysis for it.
4: Overall, I don't have any many critiques. Really, it, I mean, it, it was sometimes it's a little slow, but for the most part, I mean, you know, the the cinematography was great, the voice acting was great, the puppeteering, the effects, the world, the look. I mean, the soundtrack, everything was was really well done.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, even if you're going to like nitpick some some of the things that are nitpicks, you can't you can't do it right without like the puppets are stiff, but if they weren't stiff, they wouldn't look authentic. Like they were the same sort of creatures from the first one. If they
4: weren't like just stiff, weird motion creatures, they wouldn't be gelflings.
2: Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And if they weren't like a bunch of alcoholic mud rolling things, they wouldn't be pod people. Exactly. What is with the pod people?
4: The pod people are complete id.
2: Okay. Yeah. I'll give you
0: that um just looking on i m d b the rating of the original film is seven point two out of ten, and the new series eight point seven out of ten.
4: I yeah. would say those that's that's fair that's right, maybe the original could be like seven point five seven point eight, but I wouldn't fight for that
2: yeah
0: and and now it's brought to a whole new generation that may go back and see the original and and carry it on. 37 years from now, or whatever, do another one.
2: Cut. Just Every, off
3: the puppets, we're going in.
2: Every <laughs> 37 years, we're in. But, uh, so do you, I I mean, do we want to do thumbs up, thumbs down, or are we just calling it? I mean, I'd say it's pretty obvious. There's, yeah, uh, I think it's a
4: eight thumbs up.
3: Yeah. yeah, there's levels of enthusiasm here.
4: Yeah.
2: But well, uh, I don't think
4: anybody is strictly thumbs down. No,
2: no not at all. I am a hundred a hundred percent thumbs up on both of these things. Yep. And g- come on, let's let, give me more lore. I mean, because give me more answers. Oh yeah, lore was great. Had. Oh shit, yeah, I forgot there was a character named Lore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> In all honesty, I want more information about the world that exists. I just, I just want to dig deeper into the whole thing.
4: Like, where do those guys come from?
2: Yeah. All right, so the Urskeks come from another planet, and they split into different things. Where do they come from? What planet do they come from that they can do this? There's a lot more that I want to know about this whole thing.
4: Who does the chores in the chore wheel between the two guys? Yeah, Is you this have- been picked up. Yeah. The heretic, you know, The heretic in the... The mystic.
2: It, is there a the chore wheel that I missed? I mean, are we watching? No, I'm just
4: wondering. Before? Like, they're roommates, so there's got to be, you know, some discussion of who does what chores. Joel, what are we doing next week?
2: <laughs> yeah. So,
0: next week, um, we are going to be talking about the Terminator.
3: So, we're talking about the Terminator next week, just like Joel said. And if uh, you want to talk to us about our organization or anything else, you can give us a call at 708 Now Rap. That's 708 669 9727. Yep. And if you
2: are looking for more of this crap, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, NoonFM.com, and go on Podchaser and leave us a review. That's all. Mm. Now, you, you're not hitting that high note. Uh, Pat, do yours. Pat's already left. Pat's gone. All right. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, he got. I mean, I don't. I think the most disturbing thing about the Chamberlain is that high note that he always hits.
1: Mm.
0: You're already down on your luck, Pat. You don't need to volunteer.
4: (laughs) Right? I need someone to volunteer for me.
2: Exactly. I've been there. I yeah. know.
4: Hey, hey, man, do you got,
2: oh, shit, you're Pat. Never mind, dude. Here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I heard about you. I heard about the broken mirror. Yeah, but here's my do you need some change?
4: Yeah, here's my yeah. couple of change.
0: <laughs> hey, you need some cardboard? I got uh, markers in my pocket. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger